Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Rinso, R-I-N-S-O, Soapy Rich Rinso presents Boston Blackie, starring Chester Morris. Tower to Transcontinental Flight 17. Municipal Tower to Transcontinental Flight 17. Over. That's us, Tom. Check it. Check. Transcontinental Flight 17 to Municipal Tower. Flight 17 to Municipal Power. Over. Police instructions. Check and see if you have male passenger occupying seat 24. Passenger occupying seat 24. Wanted by police. Over. I'm just checking my list, Joe. Yep, we got a man in 24. I'll tell him. Municipal Tower. We have a man in seat 24. The name he's traveling under is John J. Jones. John J. Jones. Maybe that's his right name, but the police want him. They know him as Boston Blackie. Maybe you've met Boston Blackie before on your local movie screen. In case some of you haven't, I think you'll soon be fast friends of his. And maybe you've already tried new Soapy Rich Rinso, too. In which case, you don't need me to tell you how good it is. But if you aren't using Rinso now, I can't think of a better time for you to start. Now when summer is here, you certainly don't want to spend hours on wash day scrubbing and boiling clothes. Well, just keep in mind that Rinso gets out the dirt without hard scrubbing or boiling. A short soaking in Rinso's lively suds, a few quick finger rubs, and you'll be ready to hang out a Rinso whitewash. Try this on your clothesline. And see if you don't start whistling while you wash. And now, meet Boston Blackie. Outside the law is no strange territory to Blackie. But never does he stray for personal reward. Although the police, and notably Inspector Faraday, find no solace in his motives. And only bewilderment in his ability to remain out of their reach. Meet Chester Morris as Boston Blackie. Enemy to those who make him an enemy... Friend to those who have no friend. You Chicago police have been very cooperative. Thanks a million. Glad to help you, Inspector Faraday. When we send a man to New York, you can return the favor. Glad to. Anytime, Captain. There's the plane now, Inspector. See it? Blackie has got to be on it. We know he was on the plane when it left Detroit, and it hasn't made any stops. Well, Blackie's liable to get out of anything, anytime. I remember once I had him in two sets of handcuffs. In the next minute... No handcuffs. No, Blackie. Chances are I couldn't have made the charge stick anyhow. 
Never have been able to tie anything on him in six years. You'll be able to arrest him now, won't you, Inspector? You're sure Blackie's a man, are you, Miss Moray? Oh, of course I'm sure. I was with my grandfather when he was robbed and the money stolen. The thief wore no mask, and I recognized him from the picture of Boston Blackie that was in the paper last year. Mm. Oh, I'm sure it was Blackie. Mm -hmm. Why do you keep asking me if I'm sure? I just wanted to be certain, that's all. I've been waiting to get a witness to make a positive identification for a long time. Oh, here comes the plane now. You think he'll have the money with him? I can't wait until I get my hands on it. There's lots of money in this world, Miss Moray. What I can't wait to get my hands on is Boston Blackie. Go ahead in, Miss Moray. I've been keeping Blackie in my hotel room here until our plane leaves for New York. Talk to him yourself. Mm -hmm. I can't get anything out of him. Go ahead now. Monahan's in there guarding him, and I'll be right here outside the door. All right, Inspector Faraday. Blackie always was a soft touch for a girl. Here's hoping you get something out of him. Oh, Inspector, you'll never know how important it is to me that I do. Uh, hello? Uh, he won't say a word, miss. Just sits there like he did all the time the inspector was questioning him. Oh, I'll try. Blackie? Boston Blackie, would you talk to me? About business or pleasure? Maybe a little of both. Detective Monaghan, could Mr. Blackie and I go over in the corner and talk? Oh, sure. I don't know why not. I'll stroll over to the window. Would you please come over here with me, Blackie? Oh, sure. I've been waiting for a chance like this to have a little chat with you, Miss Moray. You identified me as the man who stole $10,000 from your grandfather. Yes, yes, I did. You know, you never saw me before in your life, Miss Moray. I wish I had. I wouldn't be in such desperate trouble now. You're in trouble. You had me arrested because you're in trouble? What is this, a new switch on the share the wealth plan? Oh, please let me explain. From what I've heard of you, Blackie, you're the only man living who can help me. But I had no idea of where or how I could reach you. Oh, so you made up the story of my stealing your grandfather's money, huh? Yes, I did. I knew the police could trace your movements where I couldn't. And I knew you could get away from Inspector Faraday once I'd seen you. <laughs> well, thanks for the confidence. <laughs> the very worst, I could have said I was mistaken in the identification, and then they would have had to let you go. Only by then it would be too late. So look, uh, let's get organized. Uh, too late for what? To recover the diamond that was stolen from me. Uh-uh, you, you've got the wrong boy, lady. If a diamond was stolen from you, let the police get it back. They're in that business. But that diamond, Blackie, the rest of my life depends on it. I, I must have it back by tomorrow night. Oh, please, please help me. Well, with these handcuffs on and two New York detectives guarding me, I couldn't be of very much help to anybody. But those handcuffs, haven't I heard that you can get out of them whenever you want to? Yes, but I've got to want to first. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm more than sorry. I'm miserable. I knew I had to reach you and... I, I just messed up everything. No, never... Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Miss Moray. We'll figure some way out. Here, uh, wipe your eyes with this handkerchief. Thanks. Put your hand. You got out of the handcuff. Okay, now. There, your eyes are nice and dry. Now blow. <laughs> you feel better now? Yes. Yes, I do. All right, then. Let me have your bad time story. Uh, I don't know how I can laugh. Oh, it's easy. You, you just open your mouth and close your eyes and think of Inspector Faraday. <laughs> Never fails. Come on, Miss Moray. Tell me the whole story before Faraday gets restless. Well, I'm engaged to George Atwater. Yes. We're to be married soon, and yesterday he brought me something to look at. The Jonathan Diamond. The Jonathan, huh? Oh, that's worth a fortune. Well, George's father has millions. Yeah, Miss Murray, you all right over there? Oh, oh, yes, officer, thank you. I, I won't be a minute now. Blackie, the diamond belonged to George's father. 
George brought it over to show me, and then he had a little too much to drink, and I thought it safer if he left it with me. He agreed. And sometime during the night, it must have been stolen from my apartment. I get it. If you don't produce the diamond, there'll be a mess. Uh, the police don't know anything about the diamond? No. That's why I made up the story about my grandfather and the stolen money. Well, when do you have to produce the Jonathan, Miss Moray? Tomorrow night. George gets back from a trip then. He'll want it and... Oh, Blackie. Tomorrow night? It doesn't give me much time to work, but I'll try. Uh, call the detective over here. All right, but why? Don't ask questions. Just get him over. All right. Officer! Officer, would you come over here a minute, please? Sure, Miss Snatcher. Well, did he tell you anything? No, but I've got something to tell you, Monaghan. Indeed, and what's that? This. You shouldn't have done that, Blackie. You shouldn't have hit the officer. <laughs> you sure would have disappointed me if you hadn't said that. Now, listen. I'm going out the window and down the fire escape. As soon as I get moving, you scream for Faraday. Tell him what happened, that I socked Monaghan and put the handcuffs on you. Here, I'd better do that now. Faraday's got the key. He'll open them later. There. Uh. Now, remember, you finally worked this handkerchief from around your mouth and screamed. Have you got that? Yes. Oh, Blackie, please remember that getting back that diamond means my marriage and my whole life's happiness. Okay. Well, I'm going to New York and I'll do my best. If I get back the diamond, you get married. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be surprised if instead of Boston Blackie, from now on I'm known as Chicago Cupid. <laughs> Shorty, listen, when a piece of ice like the Jonathan Diamond is lifted, somebody's got to know something about it. Look, Blackie, I've been out all night on it. Nobody knows nothing. All I could pick up was that a fellow named Matt War owns it. None of the boys would touch it. That is, except Duke Walton. I'm telling you, this is hot as a pistol, but Duke's been bragging that he'll grab it one of these days. Yeah? Well, where can I find him? Well, I, I checked that, too. He's out of town. That's definite. Yeah, he's been gone a week. Now, look, boss, why don't you lay off? Shorty, I promise to get that diamond back. I chartered a plane out of Chicago last night after breaking out of that hotel room. Young Atwater isn't due back in town till tonight, so I still have a little time. I'm going to waste some of it on a visit to the Atwater house. Ain't you a little out of your class up there, Blackie? <laughs> you know they got an awful lot of dough, those Atwaters. <laughs> you know something, Shorty? After the way that Moray girl smiled at me in Chicago, <laughs> I kind of feel like a million dollars myself. <laughs> Yes, sir. I'd like to see Mr. Atwater. Who shall I say is calling, please? Uh, Mr. Jones. Mr. John J. Jones. Uh, Mr. Atwater doesn't know me, but you can say it's about his son. About Mr. George Atwater, Jr.? That's right. Uh, he's in, sir. Would you like to see him? George is in? Well, I certainly would like to see him. When did he get back? A little while ago, sir. He returned earlier than we expected. Uh, come this way. He's in the library right here. Shall I announce you? No, no, thanks. I'll, uh, I'll go right in. Very good, sir. Hello there. Uh, Mr. Atwater? Yes, I'm George Atwater. Who are you? Well, my name is Jones, Mr. Atwater. John J. Jones. I'm a friend of your fiancé's. Oh, a friend of Lee? That's right. And if you don't mind, I'd like to ask you a question. Sure, go ahead. Well, the night before last, when you left, Miss Moray, you were a little, uh... <laughs> oh, what do you mean, a little? I was uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't mean to be personal, but did you stop off anywhere on your way home? No, I got a cab and came right home. Uh, Mr. Atwater, where do you usually keep the Jonathan Diamond? I don't know what you're driving at, Mr. Jones, uh, but, well, we keep it here in the library, in this wall safe. Only it's not here now. Would you open the safe for me, please? 
Well, now, Mr. Jones, you're a perfect stranger to me, even though you are a friend of Miss Moray's. Well, you could hardly expect... Oh. So, so, this is a holdup. I'm sorry I had to pull this gun on you, Mr. Atwater, but I want to see that safe. You don't mind if I lock the library door, do you? I do mind, but I don't suppose that matters. <laughs> Not a bit. There we are. So the Jonathan was kept in the safe, huh? combination, Mr. Atwater, and keep your hands where I can see them. Sorry, Mr. Jones. I seem to have forgotten the combination. Well, I haven't time to make you remember it. Oh, the safe doesn't look too tough. Come over here where I can watch you while I go to work on it. All right. There's nothing inside the safe, but go ahead and open Quiet. it. Quiet. Take that watch off your wrist and put it in your pocket. It's making too much noise. I can't hear the tumblers drop. Come on, come on, take it off. All right. I think I, I've got the first number. Now for the second one. <laughs> this box of yours is pretty simple, Mr. Atwater. In fact, it's about the most unsafe safe I ever saw. There, that's the second number, all right? Do you want to be a good boy and tell me the last number? No? Okay, be a bad boy and watch me find it out for myself. There. Now, that ought to do it. I'll try the handle now. Well, made it. My compliments. Save them. Let's take a look in this jewelry box. Oh, so the Jonathan Diamond wasn't in the safe, huh? Well, what's this, then? That, uh, That's the Jonathan, all oh. right. I I meant to leave it at Miss Moray's apartment, but uh, but I changed my mind. Open that door! Open that door! Open the door, Mr. Atwater! We're the police! Open up! Faraday, he must have had Shorty watched and trailed me here. You don't mind if I close this safe door, do you, Mr. Jones? I want you to be cuffed with that diamond still in your hand. Well, this seems to be my day for unexpected visitors. Now keep away from that door, Atwater. You don't scare me. I'm going to open it. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm going. You'll have to hurry. He's going through the window. Quick. He's got the Jonathan diamond. He must still be in the garden. I've got two men out there. Maybe I can spot him from here. Come on, Monaghan. Blackie! Blackie, Stop! Got him. And he's got the Jonathan Diamond. At last, Boston Blackie caught red handed Well, it does look as though Blackie is in for it now. But I have a hunch there's still plenty of action coming up. And uh, shifting from Blackie to Whitey, that is Rinso White... I'd like to tell you about a completely different kind of action, the kind you get with Rinso Suds in your washer. Yes, those Rinso Suds are so peppy and lively, they get your clothes sparkling white and bright with as little as a five-minute run per load. And when I say sparkling white, of course I really mean... Exactly, Rinso White. And there's no better way than that whistle to describe the special kind of white Rinso gets your clothes. That's because Rinso gets out more dirt. Simple, isn't it? No wonder Rinso is the only soap recommended by the makers of 33 leading washers. And, of course, a short run is not only easy on your washer, it's easy on your clothes. Keeps them new-looking longer. So next wash day, do yourself a big favor. Whistle up a Rinso white, Rinso bright wash. And now, back to the adventures of Boston Blackie, starring Chester Morris. <laughs> How do you like ourselves, Blackie? <laughs> Air conditioning between the bars and everything. 
Thing's comfortable enough for you? Oh, sure. This one's wonderful. I wish you'd try sleeping on that mattress they have in here. <laughs> I gave up in the middle of the night and slept on the stone floor. It was softer. Oh, come on, Faraday. How about a couple of pillows? Oh, huh? poor Blackie. Too bad I didn't hear you. I've suddenly gotten very deaf. Isn't that terrible? You've suddenly gotten very deaf, and you've always been very dumb. Oh, very funny, Blackie. Yes, I know. New gag writer. Last one have to go back to kindergarten? Yes, and he told me how much all the other children miss you since you stopped going, Faraday. <clears throat> Blackie? We had to grab you on that Moray girl's charge. All right, so you grabbed me. A $10,000 stick-up, Blackie. That isn't important now. We'll talk about that later. But where's the Jonathan Diamond? Jonathan Diamond? What's that? Listen, Blackie, you've had that diamond in your hand. Now you had it when we broke in. Atwater saw it there. Where is it now? Now, you listen, Faraday. You've got to get me out of here in a couple of hours. You haven't a thing to hold me on. No? Breaking into the Atwater house? I broke out of the house, not into it. Now, see if that's a crime, Inspector. You opened a safe in the library and you stole the Jonathan Diamond. How about that? You sure I did? Mm. Does that safe look forced? Did you find the diamond on me? No, 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 no to all those things. But we've got George Atwater as a witness. A witness to what? I was calling on him at the suggestion of a mutual friend, Inspector. Hmm. We were having a chat when somebody started to pound on the door. I got scared and jumped through the window. You know, things like that happen, Inspector. People get scared and they jump. Blackie, I'm telling you this man to man, we've got a case against you. Atwater's word against yours that you robbed his safe. And slugging Monaghan in Chicago. The Moray girl's testimony that you robbed a grandfather. That'll add up to ten years at least. Go ahead, Inspector. Uh, all right, I'll be honest, Blackie. Young Atwater screaming about his diamonds. Says you had it one minute, we grabbed you the next minute, so it can't be missing. Only it, it is. All right, you tell us where you hid it, and I'll get him to drop all charges. I'll even talk to the Moray girl to get her to go easy if you return her dough. Now, how's that? I don't know. Oh, you must have it stashed somewhere. Give me your word of honor to deliver it back to me today, and I'll let you out. Your word's always been good with me, Blackie. Oh, come on. Don't you want to get out of jail? Well, I don't know now, Faraday. It's kind oh. of a nice jail. You know, air conditioning between the Blackie, bars. Blackie, Blackie, be a good guy. Okay, Faraday. As a favor to you, I'll come out. And you'll have your diamond back two hours after I leave here. But I'm not to be bothered during that time by the cops. You understand? Bothered? You'll be protected. And thanks a million, Blackie. <laughs> That's all right, Faraday. I'll get plenty of satisfaction every time I remember you begging me to get out of jail. <laughs> Miss Moray, this is Blackie. Can you talk? Oh, yes, of course. Nobody's here. Did you... Did I get the diamond? Well, yes and no, Miss Moray. Nobody ever stole it from your apartment. What? Atwater says he took it with him when he left you the other night. But that's impossible. He didn't. I know he didn't. I even looked at it after he left. Mm, well, Miss Moray, will you meet me by the shrubbery alongside the library window of the Atwater house in exactly a half an hour? Well, all right, but what are we going to do? We're going to rob a safe, Miss Moray, with police protection. <laughs> That flashlight steady, Miss Moray, please. Mm -hmm. We're lucky the safe won't be locked. Why not? Because nobody knows I put the diamond back in it when the police pounded on the door. And it was only slammed shut by young Atwater. Well, here it is. There, you see? It was open. And here's the box that holds the Jonathan diamond. Uh, put your flashlight on it. We'll take a quick look. All right. There. But, oh, the box is empty. Uh-oh. Atwater must have seen me put it back and grabbed it. But why is he telling the police that I have it? And see that I'm not disturbed. Uh, quick, that's that water now. Put out that flash and get back of these babes. Hurry. All right. Seven. Six. Nine. What are you doing, Blackie? I'm counting the clicks on the dial. Seven. Three. Four. Two. Got it. Hello. This is George Atwater. I got your message, but why did you call me here after I... 
I don't care about that. We made a deal. I don't owe you a dime anymore, and you've got what you wanted. Well, you have to expect it to be hot for a while. And look, remember this. I'm washed up with you and that crooked roulette wheel of yours. We're all square. And if you call me here again, I'll turn you over to the police. Yes, yes. If I hear of anybody who wants to buy it, I'll let you know. You what? Don't be foolish. Who'd believe that? Goodbye. I think I understand everything now, Miss Moray, but I've got to find the man Atwater just called. How can you? He didn't mention any names. No, but I counted the clicks as he was dialing that number. If my ears haven't let me down, I can call that number, too. Anyhow, I'm going to try. You think that man has a Jonathan Diamond? Yes, I think so. But you don't have to worry about it from now on. You won't be blamed because it was missing from your apartment. But you're in a mess now, aren't you? Well, yes, kind of. You see, I promised Faraday that he'd have his diamond back in two hours, and I can't keep that promise. Well, I hope the OPA hasn't put a ceiling on tempers, because if they have, he'll hit it. Headquarters. Inspector Faraday, please. Just a minute. Faraday speaking. This is Blackie, Faraday. Your time's up, Blackie. Have you got the Jonathan Diamond? Well, no, Inspector, I haven't. You're stalling. Now, Blackie, you've crossed me for the last time. I'm going to have a drag man out that'll have you down here before you know it, and you're going to stay in jail this time. Yeah, but, Inspector, listen, I... He wouldn't listen, Shorty. I've got to work extra fast now. Gee, Blackie, look, if there's anything Hold I it, can... Shorty. I'm going to try that number Atwater called. Hello, um, Atwater told me to call you. Yeah? Who's this? I've got cash I'd like to trade in for something you've got. Atwater says that... Atwater says, huh? Okay. I'm in an old house, 632 West 100th Street. First door on the right as you come in. Get here fast and we'll talk business. Okay. Bye. Worked, eh, Bucky? I don't know. It was a little too easy. Come on, Shorty. We're going up there to get Faraday's diamond. Unless his dragnet gets me first. Duck down. Duck down this hallway. Okay, what is it, Shorty? Prowl car just oh. coming this way. I never saw so many cops as we passed on the way up here. Never mind, Shorty. Stay flattened out against this door until it's time for what I told you to do. Yeah, okay, Blackie. But uh, who really stole the Jonathan Diamond? Nobody stole it, Shorty. Atwater left the stone at Lee Moray's apartment and then returned later that night and lifted it so that Miss Moray could report it stolen to the police. Ixnay, Ixnay, boss. Coppers. Okay, now... Uh, look, boss, why did Atwater want the Dane reporter? So he wouldn't be involved. This guy I called up, the one who lives in this building, has something on Atwater and wanted the diamond as his price for clamming up. Atwater had to get it for him, see? Oh, yeah, I get it. He stashed it in his own safe until he could reach this guy and turn it over to him. Only you opened the safe before he could do it. And he had to figure out a new story, huh, boss? Sure. All he had to tell the cops then is that he was afraid that Jonathan wouldn't be safe at the girl's apartment and that he went back in to get it. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was pretty cute when I put the diamond back in the safe. But Atwater must have seen me. Well, wish me luck, Shorty. And don't forget what I told you to do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, boss. Uh, quick. Come on, it's okay now. So long. Yeah? Who is it? 
I called you a little while ago. Okay. Open up. Okay. Well, Duke Walton. <laughs> Put that gun down, Duke. You and I can make a deal. Think so? Sure. Lucky you're not as cute as you thought. I called that water back and found your call was a phony. Too bad for you. Now I gotta bump you. Wait a minute, Duke. I'm gonna wait a couple of minutes, Blackie. Some friends of mine are coming over with a car to take you on a little trip. <laughs> now sit down in that chair and put your arms behind your back. Go on, I ain't the patient type. Okay, Duke. How's that? That's yeah, better. Now I'm gonna tie you up nice and pretty like that. How do you like it? Too tight for your pretty hands to be tied. Well, yes, if you really want to know. I don't. I'll give it an extra yank just to make sure. Hey, Duke. Huh? Duke, look under the door. Uh, that's smoke. Where? Hey, that's right. Well, that makes things easier. This joint's a fire trap. I'll scram out of here and leave you tied up, Blackie. <laughs> Blackie, I guess I was just born under a lucky star. Eh? Maybe. But don't forget, Duke, sometimes stars have a habit of falling. Yeah, okay, so I'm ducking right out of here. Fire! Fire! The whole thing is on fire! Come on, get out of here! That does it. So long, Blackie. Me and the Jonathan Diamond are getting out of here, and both of us are nice and safe, which is more than I can say for you, Paul. Oh, wait a minute, Duke. I've got a proposition. Sure, but I got a date. No use trying to bust them ropes, boy. Maybe the fire will bring them through for you, huh? <laughs> hey, you did it. How'd you get out of them ropes? Never mind, ain't gonna do any good. Oh, yes, it is, Duke. This place is on fire. Go on, try and get out. I don't have to try. I'm getting. Take a look at the door, Duke. It's locked. Sure, it's locked, and I'm gonna open it right now. Hey, hey where'd the key go to? I've got a Duke right here. I locked the door and removed the key when I had my back huh? to the door after you got the drop on me. Come on, give it to me, give it to me. We'll both be burned to death. Sure, Duke, here it is. Catch. Hey, hey, don't, don't throw it like... Hey, where'd it go? I gotta get it. Sure, you're gonna get it, but good. <laughs> you missed me, sucker. Oh, oh, sucker, you are. Get you for this lucky if it's a Take a minute. Oh, oh, hey, hey, you're breaking my wrist. Drop that gun. Okay. Now, where's the diamond? Never mind a diamond, Blackie. The fire will both be trapped. Well, there's no fire, sucker. Huh? My pal Shorty burned some papers in the hall and pounded on the door. But you... Now, give her that diamond. You must have it on you. When you thought there was a fire, you'd have never left without it. I ain't got it, Blackie. When I found your phone call was a phony, I give it to a guy to hold... You're me. lying, Duke. I'm going to search you. Now, turn around with your back to me and keep your hands in the air. Yeah, okay, but I tell you, I ain't got it on me. Well, we'll see. It's not here. Not here. It's not here. Yeah. It's me, boss. Everything all right? Okay, Shorty, I'll let you in. Well, I pick up the key. Now, don't move, you. Well, it worked, huh, boss? Yeah, it worked, but... Do you recognize this guy, Shorty? Yeah, sure, that's Duke Walton, the guy I was telling you about. It was bragged he'd have the Jonathan Diamond. Well, he hasn't got it. I've searched him. He's clean, Shorty. Ah, uh, he's holding out the dirty heel. Yes, the dirty... Heel. Heel, huh? <laughs> you know, Shorty, I think I've got something there. It's the one place I didn't look. Take off your shoes, Duke. Come on, take them off. Yeah. Yeah, you win, Blackie. The ice is in my right shoe. There's a slide in the heel. The diamond's inside. Now, that's being very sensible, Duke. Yeah. I'll just take the diamond out of that slot it's in and at the same time pull myself and Inspector Faraday out of a great big hole. It's bargain day, Faraday. You've got your diamond, and I've got Miss Moray. Right, honey? Well, for a while, Blackie. Then I've got to go back home to Wisconsin. Oh, well, can we go now, Inspector? Okay, Blackie. Go ahead, beat it. You're in the clear. Only remember this. You make one slip, Blackie, and as sure as my name is Faraday, I'll be on your neck. You'll be on my neck, mm. huh? Okay, Inspector, but before Miss Moray leaves for Wisconsin, I... 
I hope I'll have her there for a little while first. Oh, say, uh, one more thing about Rinso. That same Rinso that's such a big help on wash day. I'd just like to add that it's also a mighty big help three times every day at dishwashing time. Even your greasiest roaster is a cinch to wash in those rich Rinso suds. And, of course, Rinso's grand for all the soap and water jobs around the house. Walls, floors, woodwork, windows, tiles. They all come sparkling bright and clean with Rinso on the job. So get Rinso tomorrow for dishwashing, for housework, and for a wash that's... Now, a glimpse at next week's adventure of Boston Blackie. I won't do it, I tell you. I, I can't do it. Mr. Manletter, it's the only way your business can be saved. I don't care about that. If the only way it can be saved is by risking the life of my friend Boston Blackie, well, I'd rather it were lost. I won't ask Blackie to keep that appointment. I don't even want to know about it. All right, Mr. Manletter, if that's the way you want it. I'm going out and try to raise the money. You'll hear from me later, and remember, I don't want Blackie to hear about this. Hello, Mary. Get me Boston Blackie. Be sure to listen at this same time next week for another exciting adventure with Boston Blackie, starring Chester Morris with Richard Lane as Inspector Faraday. You can see Chester Morris as Boston Blackie on the screen at your favorite movie theater. Boston Blackie's latest Columbia picture is One Mysterious Night, soon to be released. Original music for this program by Charles Cornell. This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Rinso and wishing you all a very pleasant good night. And don't forget, tomorrow, when you ask your grocer for the new Rinso, buy a cake of Life Boy at the same time. Life Boy's rich, purifying ladder goes right after dirt and perspiration, leaves you feeling extra clean. So use Life Boy daily in your bath or shower. Remember, it's the only soap specially made to stop... This is the National Broadcasting Company. Ten p.m. Eastern War Time. Your dial is set at 660 WEAF New York. Rinso, R-I-N-S-O, Soapy Rich Rinso presents Boston Blackie, starring Chester Morris. Hello? Is Mr. Manletter there? Why, no, I'm sorry he's not. This is his secretary, Miss Rochelle. Can I help you? Yes, you can deliver a message for me. I've been trying to reach him all day. This is John Partridge, president of the Morton National Bank. Mr. Partridge? But, well, Arthur Borden is president of the Morton Bank, isn't he? Not since yesterday, he's not. Give this message to Mr. Manletter, please. Tell him that his notes to the bank were due and payable on Monday of this week, and we must have our money. But, Mr. Partridge, we... We showed our books to Mr. Borden only last week, and 
he agreed to extend the notes until our accounts receivable came in. Our business is in fine shape, Mr. Partridge. Our books prove it. Please tell Mr. Manleather that we'll accept our money in the morning, Miss Rochelle. But it's $100,000. We can't possibly raise that money overnight. I'm sorry. That's Mr. Manleather's problem. Goodbye. $100,000. Hello, Jean. Mr. Manletter, the bank just called. There's a new president and they... And they want to foreclose on my notes. How did you know? Read this letter. I got it at the house this morning. Here, read it. If you want to know how to prevent the bank from foreclosing on your note, have your friend Boston Blackie visit a house at 50 Hunter Street at 7 o'clock this evening. Signed a friend. Mr. Manletter, what does that mean? I don't know. I can't see any connection between the bank and Blackie. But I do know I won't ask him to go to Hunter Street. Well, can we raise $100,000 for the notes overnight? Uh, I don't think so, but I'll try. Only there isn't much hope. Then you must call your friend Blackie. No, it can only mean trouble for Blackie. I don't know how or why, but it must be trouble for him if I'm being forced to ask him to go there. But Blackie thrives on trouble, Mr. Manletter, and it'll save your business. No, I won't call Blackie. I'm going out to try to raise the money. You'll hear from me later. All right, sir. Alice, will you call a number for me, please? Get me Boston Blackie. Get me Boston Blackie. Four words that the weak use to call their champion. You know, some expressions seem so natural and right, we use them all the time without even thinking, like ruby red and sky blue and so on. Well, what I get a particular kick out of is the fact that we've added a new one to the nation's vocabulary. Yes, I hear tell that nowadays you ladies say rinse white when you want to talk about really white clothes. Of course, there's a mighty good reason why rinse gets your clothes so white. Rinse-O's soapy rich suds won't take no for an answer from dirt. They pitch right in in your tub or washer and go to town. Yes, rinse gets out more dirt. And that's why you ladies are able to turn out those beautiful Rinso White, Rinso Bright washes. So next wash day, whistle for the kind of wash you're proud to hang on your line. Like this. And remember, it stands for Rinso White. Now, meet Chester Morris as Boston Blackie. Uh, tell me, Blackie, which one of these girls do you like best? So, come on, take a look at their pictures. Come on, will you? <laughs> All right, Shorty, I'll judge your personal beauty contest for you. Now, this blonde here... Yeah. Hold it, Shorty, I'll get the phone. Hello? Blackie? Yes. Blackie, this is Jean. I had to call you. Mr. Manletter's in terrible trouble. Hey, come on, will you, Blackie? Come on, get off that phone. I gotta know about this redhead. Lay off, Shorty. Well, what is it, Jean? What's the matter with Arthur? The bank called an hour ago. I've been trying since then to reach you. They're going to take over the business if Arthur doesn't redeem his notes for $100,000 by tomorrow morning. Well, they, they, they can't do that, Jean. Yes, they can. The notes are overdue. Hey, boss, what about this brunette? Now, come on, come on, will you? Quiet. Uh, not you, Jean. Uh, look, honey, I haven't anywhere near 100000 and I wouldn't know where to go to get it by tomorrow morning. I didn't expect you would, Blackie, but Mr. Manletter received a message saying that if you come to 50 Hunter Street at, 12, at 7 o'clock tonight, the notes will be renewed. If I go to 50 Hunter Street, well, what does that mean? I don't know, Blackie. But if I show up, they'll renew? That's what the note says. Mr. Manletter knew you'd be in some kind of danger if you went, and he wouldn't ask you. Oh, don't worry, chick. You'll hear from me. Bye. 
So you finally got done. Now, come on, help me. Look at See, I got 50 pictures here. Pick out the one I should pin up on my I wall. I can't huh? do anything about your pin-up problem now, Shorty. Oh. I've got something at 50 Hunter Street that I've got to pin down. What is this? Sounds like a record. Hey, you behind that desk. You in the mask. What is this? Come on, talk. First of all, Boston Blackie, don't try anything foolish. There's one of my men behind you with a gun. And now that you've turned around to see, <laughs> let me tell you that you are listening to this recording which I made because I don't want you to know what my voice sounds like in person. A record, huh? Well, personally, I prefer Harry James. Blackie, I want you to listen carefully to what follows. Have you anything to say? Sure I have. I hope you'll... Okay, boss. Take the record off. He's out cold. I uh, hope I didn't hit him too hard, boss. There's no sense killing him. The law is going to do that for us very soon. Gee, Blanky, where you been? I've been having pups. Well, I hope they look like their mother. Well, I'm back, Shorty, only I'm not the same guy. You should have had your head examined for going down to that Hunter Street joint. Yes, I, I had it cracked. That's worse. Take a look at this, Shorty. A bullet hole? Yeah. In your coat pocket. Who'd you shoot, Blanky? I didn't shoot anybody, Shorty. Somebody slugged me, and when I woke up, my gun was gone, and this hole was in my pocket. I must have been out for hours. It's, uh, it's almost 11 o'clock. I called Jean, and she told me the bank renewed man letters notes the minute I showed up at the Hunter Street place. Somebody sure took an awful crack at you, hey, Blanky? Yeah, it's more than that, Shorty. Only how much more and exactly what, I don't know. Uh, get my robe, will you please? Yeah, yeah, sure, boss. Uh, give me your coat, and I'll hang it over this here chair. Well, here it is. Blanky, uh, what do you make of this business this afternoon? Uh, I don't make it. It's got me stumped. Yeah, me too. Well, here's your robe. Thanks. I think I'll lie down and relax for half an hour. Uh, would you mind fixing me some coffee, Shorty? Oh, sure, sure. Have it free in just a minute, boss. Thanks. Hello, Blackie. Glad to see me? Well, Inspector Faraday, <laughs> of course I'm glad to see you. <laughs> Which goes to prove how easy I am to please. <laughs> Very funny. Well, Blackie, I think you overdid it this afternoon. Well, my head sure feels like I did. That isn't what I mean. Did you ever hear of a private detective named Fred Visual? That crooked Jamis? Yeah. Oh, sure, I've heard of him. And he's heard of me, too, Faraday. I got the guy's license suspended when he tried to blackmail me, uh, old couple of friends of mine, you know, last year. That's the guy. He didn't like you, Blackie. You know, I'd feel a whole lot worse if you said Rita Hayworth didn't like me. You didn't like him either. I hate rats, Faraday. Come on, what's all this about? Nothing, only Visual was found shot to death an hour ago. Huh? I'm taking you in for his murder, Blackie. Now, let's get going. Now, look, Faraday, you've done ridiculous things every day of your life. <laughs> but right now, you're borrowing from next week. What makes you think I bumped off this wall? I don't think it. I know it. We've got your gun, and it's got your fingerprints on it. Oh. We found it near Viswell's body. And if I'm not mistaken, isn't that a bullet hole in the pocket of this coat of yours on the chair? You fired from your pocket. Well, maybe I burned the hole with a cigarette. Uh -uh, no cigarette ever burned a hole like that. Now, come on, let's get going, Blackie. 
Get dressed and hurry up. Take off that robe, put a coat on. You're coming with me. Come on, take that robe off. All right, all right. Pretty robe, isn't it? Too bad you won't be allowed to wear it in jail. You like this robe, Inspector? Mm -hmm. Well, here, take a good look at it. Lovely. Take a good look at it. Right over your head. Shorty, shorty. Yeah, yeah, I'm right here, boss. I was waiting for a signal for him before I counted. Well, help me tie him up, Shorty. We'll use the cord from the rope. Now, quiet, Inspector, quiet. Don't you know it's impolite to talk with your mouth full? Uh-huh. You'll be tied up like a chicken in just a little minute now. <sighs> well, I know what the score is now, Shorty. Somebody's fixed it to look like I knocked off Fred Biswell. Yeah, I heard. In a very pretty picture, is it, boss? I'm not worried about the picture, Shorty. I'm worried about the frame. <laughs> Who's there? Let me in, Jean. Hurry. It's Blackie. Blackie? Oh, thanks. Hi. I'm sorry about coming to your apartment at this hour, Jean, but I couldn't reach you on the telephone. Well, they closed the downstairs switchboard at midnight. What is it, Blackie? What's wrong? I need information, Jean. I need all you know or can remember. There's some connection between a private detective named Fred Viswell and somebody at the Morton National Bank. Now... Who was it that spoke to you on the telephone? The new president. His name is John Partridge. Well, that's the man I'm going to see. Faraday's on my trail again, Gene, and I've got to clear myself. Oh, you'll never be able to get into the bank to see Partridge. Especially if Faraday has a dragnet out for you. As soon as you show up, they'll throw you in jail. Oh, don't worry. I'll figure out a way to get in to see him. But if I don't get anywhere with Partridge, I'm a dead duck. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Potter. Good morning. Oh, I left you a mail on your desk, Mr. Potter. Thank you. I'll be in my office if anyone wants me. Don't open your mouth, Partridge, or this gun will shut it permanently. Why? What? What do you want? Aren't you one of the special police that protects the bank? Oh, well, don't let this uniform fool you. I wore it just to get in here. And keep away from your desk. You know, I'm allergic to the sudden pushing of buttons. Ah, that's better. Now, do you know who I am? No. I'm Boston Blackie. That doesn't mean a thing to me. Oh, I think it does. You called Arthur Manletter's office and told him the bank wouldn't renew his notes. But he received a letter saying that if I were to go to 50 Hunter Street, the bank would renew. Maybe you know what you're talking about, but I don't. You've got to be the man behind a pretty shrewd frame-up, Partridge. Unless you're acting on somebody's instructions. Now, which is it? You know that if I raised my voice, you'd be shot dead by the bank guards before you could go through the front door? Well, I'd have company, Partridge, believe me. You. Inspector Faraday thinks I killed a man. They don't hang you twice for double killing. Why was I framed for the murder of Fred Viswell? I don't know any Fred Viswell, and I don't know anything about any telephone call that was supposed to be made by me to Arthur Manletter. No, you don't, huh? How about the renewal of Manletter's note? There never was any question about renewing Manletter's note. His credit is excellent. The note was renewed by me personally at 10 o'clock yesterday morning with a notary attesting to the time. And that was certainly long before my alleged phone call. Oh, you played it cozy, huh? You knew Manletter would call me, so you bluffed him. How long are you going to make me stand here? Can't you see there's nothing I know that can help you? Why don't you go? I will. I've got another stop to make. But the minute I leave this office, you'll call for help, of course. Of course. Oh, but you're not going to. You know, the only way you can do any calling, Partridge, is to talk in your sleep. (laughs) Mr. 
Mr. Borden? Yes? I'm sorry to disturb you at your home. My name is Boston Blackie. How do you do, Mr. Blackie? I, uh, I came up here to see you, Mr. Borden, uh, about your bank. You mean about what used to be my bank? I'm sorry. Uh, who decided to replace you as president? The board of directors. Oh, and was it done suddenly? Yes, very. Uh-huh, and, uh... Where did John Partridge come from? I don't know. He'd been on our board of directors only a short while. Oh. I'm an old man, Blackie. The loss of my bank was a blow to me. Everything came so suddenly I hadn't gotten used to not being there anymore. Will you forgive me if I'd rather not talk about it? Oh, I understand, Mr. Borden. I'm going to try to get your bank back for you, but I need some help. Now, here's an address where I can be reached. Oh, you must have some loyal employee at the bank you can depend on and... Would you call him and get him to find out something about Partridge? And if you get any information, send me a message. And uh, send that ring you're wearing with it so I know it's from you. I'll send you a message if I get it. But with just a paper clip on it. I haven't been able to get this ring off in years. The paper clip will identify my messenger if I hear anything. Good. Give me a little help. I'll turn a murder over to Inspector Faraday, get rid of the charge against myself and give you a bank right in your side pocket. We've got to stay down here at my waterfront hideout during the day, Shorty. Every cop in town is on our tail, and Faraday's sworn he won't sleep till he brings me in. It's okay with me, Blackie. Uh, and go ahead, it's your deal. You got me, let me see, you got me 60 to 17 and two boxes. Go ahead, it's your deal. <laughs> you know one thing about gin rummy, it sure passes the time away. Yeah, it passes my dough away, too. <laughs> okay, you two, hoist him. Come on, Patsy. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming. Now, look, Blackie, stand up and don't try no, no, nothing foolish. I, I know all about you and your trucks. Well, I wasn't exactly going to ask you to pick a card. Who are you? A guy who ain't going to be outsmarted by you. Oh? Tie the little guy up, Patsy. Yeah, yeah, I'll tie him up. Good, too. Don't talk. Tie. Why, I'm tying him. He ain't going to go nowhere for a while. Okay. Well, suppose we start moving, Blackie. You ready, Patsy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready, Mug. Well, of course, don't anybody ask me. You're ready, Blackie. But you don't know for what. Now, start moving. Oh, this is a ride, huh? Okay. One way? Oh, I wouldn't say that, Blanky. We're coming back, Patsy and me. But we got orders to get you. Orders to get me, huh? Dealing in the Blackie market? You'll strain an arm reaching for jokes like that, Blanky. I thought that was rather clever, isn't But it? you might as well know something. Yeah? We ain't taking you on any gang ride. We're turning you over to the cops. Yeah, I'll bet. A couple of hoods like you wouldn't go within two miles at headquarters. I guarantee Faraday's got charges hanging over both of you guys. Maybe. Only he'll be so glad to see you, he won't be able to think straight. All right, let's get moving, Blackie. And remember, I'm the guy that's got the gun on you. Okay, Mug. But take my word for it, someday you're going to beg me to forget that. Blackie, there's something natural about the way you look behind bars. Yeah. They look good on you. Oh, thanks. You've got no idea how nice it is to see you sitting so sweetly in that cell. Now, Faraday, listen, I didn't knock off Fizzwell. No kidding. Oh, of course not. And you didn't throw your bathrobe over my head and tie me up either, did you, Blackie? Well, yes, I did do that, mm -hmm. Faraday. You know I did. <laughs> but I did it to help you. Oh, this is going to be good. Now, tell me how. Well, somebody knocked off Fred Fizzwell. Uh -huh. Your job is to catch murderers, Faraday. I, I had to be free to help you, see? Blackie, you should have been a lawyer. Thanks. Only you're overlooking a slight something. Your gun. Your pretty little gun. With your fingerprints on it. 
and a slug from it in Viswell's head and a bullet hole in your coat pocket. Nobody else killed Viswell, Blackie. You've got no alibi. You hated the guy and your gun did the job. Looks like kind of a perfect job to me. This is a frame-up, Faraday. Now, you've got to do something you've never done before. Oh, what? Use your head. Well, you're in jail, Blackie, and you tell me to use my head. Don't you think this is a spot where you should use yours? <laughs> Well, it seems as though Inspector Faraday is about to realize a lifelong ambition and has finally found a charge against Boston Blackie that will stick. However, that remains to be seen, of course. You know, you ladies really have it all over the men, folks, when it comes to being sensible about clothes. Come summertime, for instance, you know that one of the tricks of keeping cool is to look cool. And what could look cooler, crisper, and prettier than those bright cotton washables you wear? It's important, though, to remember to keep them bright and crisp. And that's where our soapy rich Rinso comes in. No point in working your head off in summertime, boiling and scrubbing clothes. And you don't have to with Rinso. A short soaking in Rinso suds, often as little as ten minutes, is enough. Then a few quick finger rubs on extra soiled places, and your clothes are ready to rinse. And believe you me, you'll be mighty proud of how your wash looks, too. Your lovely colored washable cottons will stay fresh and bright, week after week, wash after wash. And your white clothes... Well, it goes without saying, they'll be... Yes, Rinso White. So get Rinso next wash day for a Rinso White, Rinso Bright wash. And now back to Boston Blackie, starring Chester Morris. Blackie's in jail. Inspector Faraday knows that it was Blackie's gun that killed Fred Viswell, and Blackie can't clear himself while he's in prison. Into the cell block where Blackie is being kept walks a young lady. The policeman at the end of the corridor said I could come in and talk to all the other policemen in the whole jail, and you're the other policeman, so I thought I'd come over and talk to you. All right, miss. But about what? About the ball, of course. Everybody knows about the ball. What ball? The ball we're giving. But I'm selling tickets only to policemen. Well, now I've heard everything. Selling tickets to policemen for a civilian's ball. How much are they? A dollar. But the policeman at the end of the corridor said that if I came up... Here's a dollar and keep the ticket. Uh-huh. And the next policeman is right down past this row of cells. Go bother him, will you, please? Yes. And uh, don't tell me that bag you're carrying is full of tickets. There aren't that many policemen. Oh, you're so silly. Of course not. I always carry a bag. It makes me look as if I'm always about ready to go someplace. Well, uh, you can go right now. I'll unlock the door. You can walk down the corridor till you find another cop at the end of it. Um... His name's Murphy. Isn't every policeman? Oh, I don't know. All right, go. Go on, miss. Right down the corridor. Don't mind them mugs in the cells. Blackie. Gene, what are you doing here? This isn't visiting day. Blackie, listen. I've got to keep walking when the guard looks this way. Oh, don't be silly. Come in. The door's open. The cell door's open? Sure. Try it. It is. Blackie, how did you do that? Close the door. You know, I could open the cell door all right, Jean. That was a cinch. But I haven't figured out yet how to get past the guards at both ends of the guard. Oh, stop figuring it, Blackie. Here, look at this bag I brought. It's an outfit that matches the one I'm wearing, only it's a couple of sizes larger. Put it on, quick. What, and leave you in the cell? Oh, nothing doing, honey. I'll go out the door I came in, Blackie, and you go out the other one. Only hurry. The guard might get curious. Okay. Well, it won't take me a second. I'll first roll my trousers up, and then on with the dress. Oh, oh you brought a wig, too, huh? You think of everything. Can, uh, can I get into these shoes? Sure, you can. And hurry, Blackie. Yeah. Don't forget your hat. Say, it's a cute one. All right, zip me up, will you? And all set. <laughs> there. Oh. 
I just walk out, Blackie, and tell a cop at the end of the corridor. His name's Murphy. Tell him he ran out of tickets. Uh, can you talk like a girl? Who, me? Of course I can. Oh, you better not talk. Bye, Blackie, <laughs> and luck. Meet me back in my apartment. Oh, thanks, Jean. You're wonderful. Mm, see you later, Blackie. You look awful cute in that outfit. Watch out for the wolves. Oh, not me. For once, I want to be on the receiving end of a... This is the house, Shorty. 50 Hunter Street. I don't know what I'd expect to find here, but let's go in. Why, boss? Well, maybe I can pick up something inside that'll give me a clue to that masked man. Uh, you see any lights? No. Nope, there ain't any but. Okay, now don't hit your flashlight till we close the street door. Oh, what kind of a lock is this? I don't know. But if you're working on it, it's an easy lock. I'll guarantee that. No, Shorty, it's an open lock. Come on in. Shh, quiet. Hit your flash, Shorty. Right. Yeah, this is the room where I got conked. The masked guy sat right over there facing me with his hands folded on that table, and he... Shorty. What? What happened? I know now who the masked guy was, Shorty. Yeah? I'm going to straighten out this whole mess. Wait till I look up a number in this phone book. Let's see. Hey, who are you calling, Blackie? I'm calling the murderer of Fred Viswell. Wait a minute. Yeah. Hey, here it is. Well, now let's hope I sound like the mug. Hey, boss, this is a mug. Come right down to Hunter Street House. I got Blackie here. He's Hoyt. Oh, you want to talk to him? Okay. Talk to the boss, Blackie, or you'll get it again. Here, take the phone. So you're the boss, huh? Well, what am I supposed to do? Applaud? Uh, give me that phone, Blackie. Okay, boss. Yeah. Yeah, that sure is Blackie, huh? Oh, you'll be right down? It worked, eh? Good. Yeah. What a swell. Okay, Shorty, now you beat it. I'm staying right here and I'm handling this alone. But I have a job for you when you get outside. Okay, boss. It may decide who dies for the murder of Fred Viswell. And just between us, I'd rather it wasn't me. Mug, Mug, are you in here? Mug, turn on the light, it's dark. I can't see you. Turn on the light. Here's a light, Mr. Borden. Right in your face. Boston Blackie. That's right, Boston Blackie. <laughs> you had a very nice frame-up all fixed for me, but I think you're going down to explain it all to Inspector Faraday now. Do you? Well, I don't. So the phone call to me was a gag, eh? I might have known it was one of your tricks, Blackie, but I didn't. No harm done, though. I'll just leave. Oh, just like that, eh? Mm-hmm. And don't think you can threaten me, Blackie. As long as I'm alive, I'm a potential alibi for you. Only you and I know you didn't kill Fred Bearswell and that I did. And you've got to let me live in the hope that someday I'll confess. Mm, yes, yes, I guess maybe I do. Oh, you're a pretty smart man, Borden. You'd have to be to have me in this kind of a jam. What did Viswell ever do to you? He thought he could outsmart me, the fool. Some private investors had him checking the books at the bank. Found that I'd taken quite a bit of money that didn't belong to me. And he thought he'd try a bit of blackmail... He didn't get very far. Pretty thorough, aren't you? I think so. How did you know I was the masked man, Blackie? Well, two ways, Borden. Yes? One was the fact that I gave you the address of my waterfront hideout and later your hoods paid me a visit down there. You were the only one that had that address. The other was that ring you're wearing. Uh, you know, the one you told me you couldn't take off. When I came in tonight, I remembered the masked man was wearing that ring. 
You know, putting John Partridge in your place as president of the bank sounds like a wonderfully smart idea. It was. I was tired of working, and I can throw Partridge in jail any time I like for a little embezzlement job we did. So he must do as I say. And now, Boston Blackie... Let's go visit Inspector Faraday. Well, no, Mr. Borden. I, I don't think I care to see the inspector tonight. No? Perhaps this gun will make you change your mind. I happen to know that Faraday has your gun. You're still under suspicion of murder, you know. And if you try to escape, Blackie, I'll think nothing of killing you in cold blood. You know, I believe you would, Borden. All right. All right, I'll go with you. I guess I'd rather be a live prisoner than a dead suspect. Here's Inspector Faraday's office, Blackie. Walk right in. Go on. Okay, if you say so, Borden. <laughs> Hello, Inspector. Say, look, don't you ever sleep? Hello, Blackie. I've been expecting you. You're a little late. Would you mind telling this gentleman in back of me to get rid of his gun, please, Inspector? He doesn't realize that it's impolite to point. His name is Arthur Borden. Okay, Mr. Borden, I'll take that gun. Certainly. Here you are. Well, looks like I've got a first-rate murder suspect right here in this room. <laughs> it certainly does, Inspector. <laughs> Going to lock him up? In just a minute. In fact, I might as well do it very legal and proper. Arthur Borden, you're under arrest for the murder of Fred Viswell. What? Me? Why, I... David, I wish it was Blackie. Only it isn't. <laughs> We've got your confession in your own voice right on a dictograph record. A dictograph planted in my Hunter Street house? Right. That's impossible. Nobody could have put a dictograph in there. You tell him, Blackie. You figured this thing out. Well, before you came into the Hunter Street house tonight, Mr. Borden, I dialed the inspector's private number on the telephone and left the receiver off the hook, you see. I had Shorty call him before and tell him to expect his private telephone to ring. All the while you were telling me how perfectly you would frame me... The inspector was listening on this end. Yeah, not only listening, but having the whole thing taken down on a record. <laughs> uh, say, inspector, I did you a favor, didn't I, by turning up Viswell's murderer? You did yourself a bigger favor, but what's on your mind? Well, I'll tell you, inspector. Shorty told me you have Jean Rochelle booked here. You said it, Blackie. She helped you escape from jail. Well, maybe she did, but uh, if she did, I brought you in a murderer. So you certainly owe her a favor, too, right? Oh, well, maybe. What do you expect me to do, let her go? Sure. You've held her long enough. Now it's my turn. You've heard about making mountains out of molehills, but here's how to make mountains of dishes go right down to nothing in a hurry. You put some rinseau in your dishpan, and up go the suds. Plenty of thick suds from surprisingly little rinseau. And down goes that stack of dishes in practically no time. Yes, dishwashing is a mighty easy, simple job with rinseau helping out. China silver glassware, they're all shining brightly in a jiffy with Rinso's soapy rich suds on the job. Why, even your pots and pans come clean easily when Rinso gets to work. Use Rinso, too, for all the soap and water jobs around the house. It's swell. Now a glimpse at next week's adventure of Boston Blackie. All right, Monaghan. Give me a little more juice in that light. No. No, don't do that. I can't stand it. That's better. Now, listen, Shorty, you say you don't remember what happened. I, I don't. I keep telling you I don't. All right, maybe you don't remember. You were slugged. Now, we don't want to know anything except one thing. Now, think hard, Shorty. Who was the last person you saw or talked to before you were slugged? Now, that's all we want to know. I'm thinking, Inspector. Honest. I'm dizzy trying to think. I don't know. I just don't know. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, I remember now. The last person I talked to before I got conked was, uh, was Boston Blackie. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Be sure to listen in at this same time next week for another exciting adventure with Boston Blackie, starring Chester Morris with Richard Lane as Inspector Faraday. You can see Chester Morris as Boston Blackie at your favorite movie theater. Boston Blackie's latest Columbia picture is One Mysterious Night, soon to be released. Original music for the program was by Charles Cornell. This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Rinso and wishing you all a very pleasant good night. Warm weather's ahead, and that means greater danger from perspiration. Protect yourself. Use Life Boy in your daily bath. You know, of seven leading brands, Life Boy gives you the most soap for your money. And its rich, purifying Life Boy lather agrees with your skin. And don't forget, Life Boy is the only soap especially made to stop. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Rinso, R-I-N-S-O, Soapy Rich Rinso presents Boston Blackie, starring Chester Morris. What are you reading, Chief, little Abner? No, listen to this, Matthews. Special feature of the great gems exhibit at the famous Godet Jewelers will be the incomparable star of the Nile, Emerald. One of the most precious gems in the world, so precious that George Stevens, vice president of Godet's, is personally bringing the star to Chicago from Chicago to New York. <laughs> I don't get the joke, Chief. <laughs> sure you don't, because you don't know that Boston Blackie's on the same train with George Stevens. <laughs> Chief, I don't get it. Well, if I know my Boston Blackie, and to my great sorrow I do, he won't be able to resist a little gadget worth a cool 200 grand. I still don't see what's funny. Besides, <laughs> Blackie hasn't gone after sparklers in a long time. I know that, but I also know one thing that sparkles that's right up Blackie's alley. Yeah, what's that? Dames. Sure, Chief, but the star of the Nile ain't a dame. Yeah, but Helen Crew is. Helen Crew? Yeah, something's bound to happen on a train when it's carrying those three. George Stevens, Helen Carew, and Boston Black. Well, nobody has to lead Blackie to adventure because somehow adventure always seems to seek him out. In just a moment, we'll hear more about Blackie and the star of the Nile. You know, you can lead a soap to water, but you can't always make it give thick, rich suds. Not if it's hard water. And not if you're using one of those lazy bar or skimpy suds package soaps. No, ma'am, that's when you want Rinso. Soapy rich Rinso on the job. You see, Rinso bubbles up in a mountains of suds, practically at the touch of water. Suds that go right to town on your clothes. Suds that get out more dirt to give you that Rinso white, Rinso bright wash. And no hard scrubbing or boiling to ruin your wash day disposition. A short soaking in Rinso suds, a few quick finger rubs on extra soiled places, and your clothes are ready to rinse. So, next wash day, whistle up a Rinso wash. A wash that's <whistles> Rinso white and Rinso bright. 
And now, Chester Morris and the adventures of Boston Blackie. It's obvious that an international bank should be established for reconstruction. At the United Nations Monetary and Financial Conference held at Bretton Woods, certain preliminary steps were taken. However, it is only the beginning. Oh, I says When right. you realize that the International Monetary Fund will total around $8,500,000,000. But that's only the beginning. Yes, well, a small beginning. You know, I get kind of mixed up when I start counting over 850. <laughs> oh, young man, we'll all have to learn how to count in millions and billions in the post-war world. Well, that's very interesting. Oh, well, uh, here you are, Stuart. I'd like some dessert. Can you take this seed, Miss? Oh, thank you. Never mind the dessert, Stuart. Well, I'm finished. Uh, wouldn't you rather have this chair by the window? Thank you. And uh, good day to you, young man. Thanks for your company. Well, thanks to you for the tip on the international monetary situation. <laughs> I can't wait to use it. Um, very interesting man. Oh, and very distinguished looking, too. Oh. Who is he? I don't know, but he's awfully good at counting. Is, um, is it all right if we talk? Why not? You see, my mother never told me not to talk to strangers on a train. <laughs> I like your mother. Very intelligent woman. <laughs> well, I'm no isolationist. But to make it proper, my name is Helen Carew. Oh, and mine is Boston Blackie. I've heard that name somewhere. Are you a baseball player? <laughs> no, why? Do you like baseball? No, not particularly. Well, uh, why did you bring up the subject? Oh, just to make conversation. Fine. Uh, let's talk about you. All right, let's. I'm a very pleased young lady on a train between Chicago and New York. Why are you pleased? Because I didn't expect conversation with my dinner. Well, do you realize that the International Monetary Fund will total about $8,500,000,000 this year? No. Yes. You see... <laughs> Uh-oh, it's back again. Excuse me, I've lost something. It can't be that $8,500,000,000. No, it was a chamois pouch. I don't see it. Uh, wait. Oh, uh, I'd better get out of the way. It isn't here. Well, pardon me, sir. What did you lose? This is terrible. Terrible. Waiter. Waiter. Oh, it sounds important. Young man, you have no idea how important. That pouch was worth $200,000. That's a lot of money to be carrying around. It wasn't money. It was an emerald. One of the most valuable gems in the world. The Star of the Nile. What a pretty name. <laughs> I've been robbed. It was sometime during the dinner hour. The star of the Nile is missing. Okay, Mr. Stevens, I got that much from the telegram the conductor sent. Now, we'll search every passenger on the train if we have to, so calm down. Now, you say you thought you left it in the diner. Were you alone? No, a young man joined me for dinner, and then later, just before I left, a young lady was seated at our table. Mm -hmm. Friends of yours? Oh, no, just the people one meets on a train. Now, this young man, what was he like? Well, he was a clean-cut-looking chap with dark hair, a good build, nice smile. Mm, I'm not a bit surprised. And the young lady? Oh, quite attractive. As a matter of fact, the young man seemed rather taken with her. Well, Mr. Stevens, I don't think you have to worry about your star of the Nile. I might even say the situation is well in hand. Matthew should be here any moment now with the man we're looking for. Here he is, Chief. Welcome, Boston Blackie. Welcome home. <laughs> Your new home. As a matter of fact, I've prepared a special escort to take you there. Well, now, how thoughtful, Inspector. But uh, <laughs> where's the brass band? All right, come off it, Blackie. Where's the emerald? This is a great shock to me, young man. Well, it's no shock to me, sir. I, I know my Faraday. He never fails. He never fails to be dead wrong. I'm sorry to disappoint you, Blackie. 
But we, you were in the diner with Mr. Stevens when the emerald disappeared. Mr. Stevens? I didn't even know that was his name. Oh, now, Blackie, as if you didn't know that Mr. Stevens was vice president of Godet's and that he was carrying the Star of the Nile to New York, as if you didn't read the papers. Of course I read the papers, Inspector, but I... I was a little more interested in the fact that we'd just taken Can and Saipan. Okay, okay. Now you can tell me all about that at headquarters. Come on, Blackie. Now look, Faraday, do you mind if I talk this over with Mr. Stevens? Whatever you have to say, you say at headquarters. Come on. I'll be in touch with you, Inspector. Thanks again. Mm-hmm. Now about that brass band, Blackie. I'll arrange to have one when we send you up the river. Oh, are you leaving, Mr. Blackie? Oh, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, my Uncle Faraday always brings the town car to meet me. Uncle Faraday, my aunt. Well, your Uncle Faraday must have a lot of influence. I wonder when the police are going to let the rest of us off the train. Well, Miss Carew, I'll see if I can use my influence. You see, he happens to be the police. Oh, uh, Uncle, meet Miss Carew. How do you do, Mr. Please Faraday? Please, Tim you. I hope this fellow hasn't taken you in, too. Oh, no, Mr. Faraday. On the contrary, he's been very nice to me. Yeah, yeah, that's Blackie. Well, you might as well know, Miss Carew. He's being charged with a theft of the Star of the Nile. But that's impossible. Impossible? What do you mean, he- Miss Carew. I was at the table when Mr. Stevens discovered his loss, and I'm sure that Mr. Blackie had nothing whatever to do with it. You haven't known him as long as I have, Miss Carew. You mean to tell me that Boston Blackie didn't do it? That's exactly what I mean. Well, thanks, Miss Carew, for telling the inspector something that he should have known. He usually goes the long way around. You helped him find the shortcut. (sighs) Oh, you haven't gone yet, Inspector. No, I'm afraid we'll have to begin all over again, Mr. Stevens. What do you mean? Well, Miss Carew here has a strong alibi for Blackie, and I'm still looking for a loophole, but under the circumstances, I'm afraid I can't hold him. But you're going to do something about it, aren't you, Inspector? Well, after all, you were sure that the emerald must still be on the train. Well, that's right, Mr. Stevens, it is. That's what I tried to tell you before the inspector shut me up. Oh, so you know. Well, come on, Blackie, where is it? I didn't say I knew where. Uh, Mr. Stevens, you're rather absent-minded, aren't you? Absent-minded? Why, no. Well, perhaps I'm jumping to conclusions, but... uh, of course, if you remember, you left the diner without paying your bill. I did? Oh, not that I minded buying your dinner, Mr. Stevens, but it occurred to me that if you were absent-minded enough to forget your dinner check, you, uh, you also might have forgotten something else. How could I forget the start of the Nile? I put it in my vest pocket just before I went into the diner. <laughs> oh. Oh, I, are you sure you put it in your vest pocket, Mr. Stevens? Yes, yes. Well, then the whole thing's solved. Oh. You know, all during dinner, I was envying you, Mr. Stevens. I really was. You looked so cool and comfortable in that sports jacket you were wearing, and and you weren't wearing a vest, Mr. Stevens. I wasn't? Mm-hmm. Well, that's absurd. Now, now, wait a minute. Oh, what's going on here? Vests, sports jackets. Come on, Blackie. Don't you remember, Mr. Stevens? Uh, let me think. I, I, I lay down to take a nap just before dinner. Yeah. I got up and dressed and... By George, you're right. The emerald must be in the vest that I packed in my suitcase. (laughs) Oh, Inspector, I'm terribly sorry to have caused you all this trouble, and you, young man, and uh, young lady. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Good day. (sighs) Well, how do you like that? You seem to be disappointed, Inspector. Yeah. You know, if Boston Blackie can sit next to a guy in a train that's got something worth 200 grand and not do something about it, I guess it's time I turned in my bed. <laughs> well, you should have thought of that before, Inspector. Uh... Just think. By now, you could have had a cottage, a couple of cows, a victory garden, instead of that pet ulcer of yours. Uh, by the way, what do you call it? Boston Blackie. What else? Why, Inspector, how sweet of you. Naming your first one after me. Miss Carew, I, I've been looking for you. Here's a cab coming up now. May I drop you someplace? Oh, thanks. 
Uh, where to, Miss Carruth? Uh, the Middleton, please. Okay, driver, 48th Street off Lexington. <laughs> you don't miss a thing, do you, Mr. Blake? Well, I, uh, I have a great appreciation for beautiful things. Oh, then you must have seen the Star of the Nile. Star of the Nile? Mm-hmm. I was talking about beautiful things. Uh, such as, well, the dessert I had for dinner last night. Oh, <laughs> I was just marveling at how clever you were, helping Mr. Stevens to find his emerald. Well, it isn't hard to find something that was never lost, Miss Carew. And, uh, incidentally, thanks for putting in a good word for me with the inspector. Oh, don't mention it. By the way, hmm? I'll, uh, I'll bet there's another thing your mother forgot to warn you about. Oh? Accepting dinner invitations from a young man in a taxi cab. <laughs> I told you not to disturb me, Miss Everett. I'm too busy to see... Oh, who are you? Louis. Louis? Yeah. Miller said you wanted to see me. Oh, uh, oh yes, Mr. Louis. Uh, won't you sit down? Now, look, let's get this straight, Mr. Stevens. I don't know you, but Miller said you had a job for a guy with uh, fingers. Well, I wouldn't exactly put it that way, Mr. And another Louis. thing, Mr. Stevens. This is strictly business. Miller says you want me to open up a safe down at Godet's and lift a hunk of jewelry. Well, now... Uh... And what's more, Mr. Stevens? I know you're vice president of Godet's. That's your business, but it ain't mine. And if you're worrying about what might happen, you're in a swell spot. After all, who'd the judge believe? Me or you? Well, I'm glad we understand each other, Mr. Louis. The emerald has already been deposited in the Godet vault, and since the exhibit will open tomorrow, there's no reason for any further delay. Hey, Blackie. Did you hear me calling you? Well, vaguely. To be honest with you, Shorty, I had my mind on somebody else. Well, boss, I just heard something I thought you'd be interested in. Yeah? You know, you were telling me about that emerald mixed up on the train? Yeah. Well, I just got a tip, see? Somebody's going to crack the Godet safe for that emerald. When? Midnight. How straight was this tip, Shorty? A very reliable tip, boss. Uh, a fingers told me. Fingers? Oh, that's too big a job for him. He's only got ten. Well, that's what the man said. He said that. That small-time safe cracker. I guess I'd better go down and help him out. But uh, before business, pleasure. Well, for once, Miss Carew, I can't blame Faraday. After all, he, he brought us together. Brought us together? Yes. What do you mean? Well, if he hadn't accused me, you wouldn't have had the opportunity to vouch for me. And, well, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to show you my appreciation. Oh, I see. Well, the whole thing was a little silly anyway. Oh, well, not altogether. Faraday has the memory of an elephant and the persistence of a little beaver. And looks like both of them. <laughs> if anything happens, it's got to be Boston Blackie. Oh, that's a nuisance, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. Faraday hounds me, but it's good to have him around at the wind-up. Blackie, I don't quite make you out, but I like you. Thanks. I, uh, I hope that's an understatement. Well, I'm surprised the police are so suspicious of you. Oh, that's the story of my life. You see, Faraday has good instincts, only he picks the wrong person. If he knew, for instance, that tonight I may have something to do with robbing a vault, he'd become suspicious right away. But of course you haven't anything to do with that. But of course I have. Only it's not as bad as it sounds. Oh, now I'm really puzzled. Well, the only puzzle is, uh, why don't I spend the rest of the evening with you? Meaning that you have to leave? Meaning that I have an important conference about something green and something Egyptian. Oh, I see. But like this thing, she won't talk. Perhaps I'll have something to tell you later. <laughs> I'll get your coat. 
Oh, thanks. I have to phone. But don't make any dates for the next month. <laughs> I want to put in my bid first. Hello? Operator, give me Madison 72772. Hello? Inspector, this is Helen Carew. I just had dinner with Boston Blackie. We're leaving now. He's dropping me off at my hotel. He's going down to go days. He's after the emerald. And, Inspector, if you should happen to catch him, please don't mention me. The flowers that bloom in the summer have nothing on your pretty cotton washable dresses, ladies. Not when it comes to eye-filling loveliness. And say, you were particular to pick out just the dresses you wanted, weren't you? Well, then you ought to be just as particular about your soap. That's when you want Rinso. Wash after wash, Rinso leaves your clothes bright and new-looking because those power-packed suds get out more dirt. Yes, you'll be proud of your Rinso wash. I bet you'll join our chorus of women who have learned to sing their way through wash day like this. Rinso white, Rinso white, happy little wash day song. Rinso white, Rinso white, birdie sing it all day long. Your fine feathered friend has a message to send, so listen, you can't go wrong. Rinso white. Rinso White, happy little wash day song. So get Rinso tomorrow. And now back to Chester Morris and the adventures of Boston Blackie. Boston Blackie, unaware that Helen Carew has tipped off Inspector Faraday as to his destination, is en route to Godet's Jewelers to try to prevent the robbery of the vault there and to discover who is back of the attempt to steal the famous Star of the Nile emerald. It is midnight at the Godet Vault. It's no use, Louis. It's one of them new-style vaults. I can't make it out. Now well, we got dynamite. I have to use it. I don't like a noisy job, but where is it? Left it out in the alley, boss. Now go get it. Okay, I'm going. Try again, Fingers. Stevens is paying off plenty. Well, I'm nervous. This is a big job, boss. <laughs> Too big for you, Fingers. Okay, stay where you are. Boston Blackie. That's right. What were you saying about a certain Mr. Stevens? <laughs> now, look, Lucky, let's be sensible about this. Well, we're having a little trouble cracking this crib. Yeah. I'll make a little. Yeah, I'll bet you can't open it. Are you kidding, Fingers? I'll make a good bet. All right. So it'll pay you to try. Well, I'll make a bet with you. Not the kind of a bet that'll pay you in money, but it might save a few years of your life. Yeah? Yeah, all you have to do is talk. Yeah, we'll talk, Blackie. And drop your rod first. Oh, so you got a little playmate. Okay, take your gun away from my back. Get it, Louie. I get it. You know, Blackie, this is a happy coincidence. As I said before, we can use you. Only now that bet's off, you're just going to do it. Come on, get those fingers working. And, uh, and suppose these fingers can't open the vault. And the next time you go to buy gloves, you better look for mittens. <laughs> Come on. Take a good look at the crib. Oh, a beautiful job. <laughs> you know, Faraday should see me now. Okay. Stand back and keep quiet. Yeah, we'll be quiet, all right, but it's up to you, Blackie. This gun can make a lot of noise. Wait a minute. It feels like, uh... Ah, there's one. Now let's try this. Uh-huh, next one. Oh, now that's two. Now... Hey, this isn't Blackie. Hey, who are these other two? 
Oh, Louie, huh? Yeah, Fingers and Miller. Hey, what is this, a national convention? Where's Blackie? How'd you know Blackie was going to be down there, Faraday? A little bird told me, but where is he? Well, now, I don't expect you to believe this, Inspector, but so help me. We were passing by the alley, and we heard a noise, and we come in. Naturally curious, you understand? Yeah. And who do you suppose was starting to crack that vault? Don't tell me, Boston Blackie. Yeah. Well, then, what are we doing out here in the alley? He couldn't have gotten away. Yeah, Chief, there's only two doors to that room. We came through this one. Hey, so Eddie. he better be back in that vault room. That's right. Eddie, watch these mugs here. Right. Come on, Matthews, let's have a look. Ain't in here, Chief. Ain't in here. Oh, I can see for myself, Matthews. I can see for myself. Must have slipped through the door before we came in. Matthews, you're fired. Me, Chief? I ain't done nothing. That's the trouble. You never do anything. Now, see if the vault's open, Matthews. Okay, Chief. Now, lock tight in the drum. There's a mark on it. Looks like we saved the emblem for go days, huh, Inspector? Yeah, but I wish somebody had saved Blackie for me. Matthews, I hate to say it, but we gave Blackie a break. We came in just in time to save him from getting into trouble. I just wanted to thank you, Inspector, for preventing the robbery last night and catching the thieves. Don't mention it, Mr. Stevens. Uh, tell me, did they have a chance to open the vault? Nope. We were Johnny on the spot. They never even got started. Well, Inspector, I can't thank you enough for the fine job you've done. Mm, fine job. Nothing ever happens. Nobody steals anything. Listen, Mr. Stevens, if somebody should steal that emerald and I catch him, then you can thank me. <laughs> what burns me up is that Boston Blackie was down there, too, but he got away. Boston Blackie? He got away? Are yeah. you sure the vault wasn't open? Sure, we tried it. It was locked tight. Well, that's fine, but uh, to be on the safe side, I'd better check up. I'll go right down to the vault myself. I tell you, Faraday, it's gone. The emerald's gone. I just searched the vault. It's gone. That's great. I've really got Boston Blackie now. Don't worry, Mr. Stevens. Calm down. You'll get your star, and I'll get Boston Blackie. So that's what happened, Helen. Faraday collected three mugs, and he didn't seem pleased about but it. Blackie, how did you get out? Well, while Faraday was rounding up the other mugs, I got the last number of the vault's combination, you see. Mm -hmm. I opened the door and stepped in and then closed it. But you might have been locked in. I was locked in, fortunately, because somebody tried the handle of the vault later. Mm. You see, Helen, modern vaults have an anti-hold-up device. What's that? Oh, it's a sort of gimmick that locks the door from the inside. Mm -hmm. Well, I just pushed the lever. After they left, I slipped out through the alley door. What were you after, Blackie? I told you before. Something green and something Egyptian. The Star of the Nile Emerald, of course. Did you find it in the vault? Yes. Oh. But I didn't take it. I just wanted to make sure it was there. You didn't take it. Blackie, I don't understand you. Now, look, somebody's after the Star of the Nile, and if he gets it, somebody's going to take the rap for it. Could be me, but that's not the point. Nobody's going to take a rap for somebody else while I'm around. You're talking about somebody. Who? I'll find that out. But first, I want to have a talk with Mr. Stevens at his hotel. Perhaps he has an idea. Goodbye, Helen. Next time, I promise you, we won't have any outside interference. <coughs> Operator, give me Madison 72772. Hello? Helen Carew speaking. Oh, the inspector isn't there? Well, then I want to leave a message. Tell him that Boston Blackie is on his way to the Cavanaugh Hotel to see Mr. Stevens. I can't wait for the inspector to call back, so tell him I'm going to see Stevens, too, right now. But try to get the inspector there as quickly as you can. <laughs> Slow down, Blackie. Slow down there. 
Okay, you can march in step with me and Matthews now. Oh. You're taking your afternoon constitutional, gentlemen? What were you doing back there at the Middleton apartment, Blackie? Now, Inspector, you're privileged to know anything about my public life. Mm-hmm. But I insist that you don't interfere in my private affairs. Hmm. Well, this is a little private affair that I am interfering in. Oh. You're under arrest for stealing the Star of the Nile. What, again? And no alibi this time, either. You were down at the Good Day Vault with Louie and the two other guys. I got them and searched them, but you got away. Now, somebody got that emerald out of the vault. Come on. Shake a leg, Blackie. Hey, I didn't say stop. I said go. Police! Police! I've been robbed! You have me! Who robbed Have you gone nuts, Blackie? Let me go! Police! Oh, cut it out. What is this? Who robbed Let me go! Police! Put a gun on me. The two of them. Help! Now, listen. You all really give it to me. Hear me? Tracing me. Hey, he's gone. Matthews, why don't you help me out of this mob? Hey, folks, look. I'm a police inspector. Honest, I am. Matthews, quick! Shoot it, Blackie! Hey, listen, all of you, stand back. Lay off that fella. He's a police. That's Matthews. He's police, too. Chief. Thanks, Chief. Say, did Blackie get away? Yeah. Matthews, you're fired! But I was sure he was coming here, Mr. Stevens. Miss Carew, why should Mr. Blackie come to see me at my hotel? Besides, I'm confident that by this time, Inspector Faraday has made sure that the young man is no longer a free agent. Perhaps, yes. Perhaps you're right. But, well, I'm not sure the inspector is right in what he's doing. Now, Miss Carew, it's quite obvious that you have an attachment for Mr. Blackie. And if the police have taken him, I won't have to worry about the Star of the Nile any longer. The police haven't taken me, Mr. Stevens. Boston Blackie. And incidentally, if I knew how much the Star of the Nile would be worth to you, I, uh... I might listen to reason. Blackie. Hello, Miss Carew. I rather expected you'd be here, too. I wouldn't try to phone, Mr. Stevens. You really don't want the police to come up here. Why not? Because it would be very embarrassing for you. And besides, it would be very embarrassing if I had to use this gun. Blackie, look. Oh, Helen, don't. Helen, why did you knock the gun out of my hand? Because you had me fooled for a while, but I'm finally beginning to understand you, Blackie. All right, the two of you stand still. Put your hands up high. Oh, so you have a gun, too, Mr. Stevens. Is, uh... Is that to guard the emerald you stole from your own vault? Mr. Stevens took the emerald? Yes. Usually when people want to steal something, they just steal it. But Mr. Stevens had to do it the hard way. But you made it much easier for me, Mr. Blackie. You see, you were in the vault, and now everybody will know that Boston Blackie stole the emerald. But just one thing I'd like to know, Mr. Stevens. Why does a vice president of a large firm like Godet's have to steal a piece of jewelry? Well, there's an ugly word for it, embezzlement. I'm awfully oh. sorry, Miss Carew. Sorry that you came here tonight because no one else can know what you two know now. I'm going to have to kill you. Come on, Stevens, give me that gun. Stay where you are. I want that gun, Stevens. Blackie, don't. I told you to stay where you are. Look, you can't pull that trigger. Get back! Get back! Thanks, Helen, for sending the message. Yeah, Inspector, I think Mr. Stevens will go with you now. Oh, Stevens? Yes, Inspector, and thanks for putting Helen on this case. We've got your man. Come on, let's go. No, I won't go. I can't go. I've gone long enough. I can never catch up. For years now, I've been running after myself, running away from something. I couldn't stop, but I've got to stop. You'll never get me, I tell you. I've got to stop. Well, we got what we were looking for, but I can't say I'm very happy about it. Faraday, this time I've really got to thank you. <laughs> Don't kid me, Blackie. No, on the level. You saved my life. <laughs> you know, it's the first time in ten years that I've been scared. Really? Well, you know, Stevens might have pulled that trigger. No such luck. Oh, very funny. <laughs> yes, he'd have shot Helen and me if you hadn't knocked on the door. He had only one other way out, Faraday, and because you came in, he took that way. <laughs> Always blaming it on me, huh? <laughs> now, look, Inspector, won't you miss me a teeny little bit? Does a guy miss a headache? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Helen, you really had me fooled. Hmm? But let me give you a tip. The next time you call Madison 72772, you better be inside a telephone booth. What? 
You remember when we were out to dinner the first time? Yeah. Well, I went to get your coat, and as I was leaving, I heard you ask the operator for Madison 72772. My private number? Sure. Only a few people know that number, and I'm proud to be one of them. So you knew I was working for the inspector? Sure, but that didn't matter. You already had your hooks in me, and I couldn't get loose. Well, perhaps now you'd like me to unhook you? Oh, honey, with you, anything goes. By hook or by crook. I suppose it's your business if you want to make a big job out of dishwashing, but I'd like to butt in just the same because I feel you don't really like to spend a lot of time at the kitchen sink, and you don't have to if you put Rinso to work for you. Those peppy Rinso suds get your dishes sparkling bright so easily that there's not much point in scraping and scouring with the lazy suds of some soaps. And Rinso's so economical, too. Just a little Rinso goes a long, long way. So better get Rinso tomorrow for dishwashing, for all the soap and water jobs around the house, and for a wash that's Rinso White and Rinso Bright. And now a glimpse at next week's adventure of Boston Blackie. Here it goes. What a crack-up. Them plainclothes cops in that car, they're never going to interrupt another one of our hijack jobs. Plainclothes cops? <laughs> there ain't no cops. The driver of the car that just wrapped around a telephone pole is Boston Blackie. <laughs> Friends, millions of tons of paper are needed to ship ammunition and blood plasma, so vitally necessary in the winning of this war. Do your share to see that our boys get the material they need. Save paper. The need is terribly urgent. Now, one simple way to help is to take your own shopping bag to the grocers. Be sure to listen in at this same time next week for another exciting adventure with Boston Blackie. You can see Chester Morris as Boston Blackie on the screen at your favorite movie theater. Boston Blackie's latest Columbia picture is One Mysterious Night, soon to be released. Richard Lane appears as Inspector Faraday, music by Charles Cornell. This is Harlow Wilcox saying goodnight for Boston Blackie, brought to you by the makers of Rinso, the soap that gets clothes... And when you get Rinso tomorrow, buy some Life Boy, too. Use Life Boy in your daily bath or shower. You'll love that rich, purifying lather. You know, of seven leading brands, Life Boy gives you the most soap for your money. And besides, it's the only soap especially made to stop... This is the National Broadcasting Company. For supreme accuracy, expert design, and outstanding value, choose a Bulova, masterpiece of fine watchmaking. WEAF, New York. Lever Brothers, makers of Rinso, R-I-N-S-O, Soapy Rich Rinso, presents Boston Blackie, starring Chester Morris.
Step on it, Steve. I got my foot on the floor now. You gotta do something, then. We'll never lose that car that's chasing us. Don't talk. Lean out and see if they can hit a tire. Okay. Well? Missed. Hey, hey, watch that curve. I'll take care of the driving. Try it again. Uh, try and hold this bus steady, will you? I'm doing the best I can. I've been fighting this wheel for 20 minutes. Now, after I swing around that next curve, I'll slow up. Try and get that tire again. Okay. Here goes. I got her. I got her, Steve. She's heading right for the telegraph pole. What a crack up. Them plainclothes cops in that car ain't gonna interrupt another one of our hijacked jobs. Plainclothes cops? Those ain't no cops. The driver of the car that just wrapped around that telegraph pole is Boston Blackie. <laughs> In a moment, we'll meet Boston Blackie, enemy to those who make him an enemy, friend to those who have no friend. But first, a fashion note for summer. The spotlight is certainly on cotton, and that's not just my idea. I was looking through a couple of those fancy fashion magazines, and every page had something about crisp, colorful cotton dresses, cotton evening things, daytime dresses, and so on. Well, speaking from the man's point of view, I'm for it. Those printed cottons are certainly mighty pretty. And speaking from the soapy rich Rinso's point of view, it's easy as a breeze to keep them crisp and colorful. Rinso's rich suds are gentle and safe for washable colors, leave their bright colors gay and sparkling week after week. And it's so easy to do a Rinso wash, a short soaking, a few quick finger rubs on extra soil places, and your clothes are ready to rinse. Really Rinso white and Rinso bright, too. So, next wash day, be sure you have Rinso on hand. To give you a hand. And now, here is Chester Morris as Boston Blackie. Tell me, Blackie, uh, how does your wrist feel, huh? Oh, just a slight sprain, Shorty. But we're lucky. We might have been killed when those thugs got our front tire last night. <laughs> I thought for a moment we were killed. Hey, Blanky, let's stay up here in your apartment and mind our own business for a while, huh? huh? At least until I get over that shaken up I got you. Well, we know. weren't looking for trouble. We were just driving along and... Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. Always that and. <laughs> That's what gets us into more jams. All right, so we went for a drive. Nothing unusual in that? No, but why'd you have to notice that big sedan was parked right in front of a truck and two guys were holding up the driver? Well, I always feel sorry for the guy on the other end of a gun. Yeah, but listen, boy. If you want <laughs> to listen to... I, uh, what? You too, shorty. Up high, way up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I cover, Mike. Okay. So the crack-up didn't kill you guys, huh? The boss sent us to find out. You had more lives than a cat, Blackie. Yes, I've got ten. That means you rats better look out. <laughs> hey, hey, that's good, huh, Blackie? <laughs> it's a wonderful, Shorty. Uh, say, what are you mugs doing here? The boss didn't like the idea of you interfering with that hijack job last night. Oh, well, I don't like the idea of having my car wrecked either, Stooge. We ain't interested in what you like. We got a pretty good setup, Blackie. Well, I'm so glad. That's fine. Yeah, we got a lot of meat tied up, and we're getting good prices for it. Well, what do you want me to see me about? What? Or what's the catch? The boss wants to know if you want in on the racket. What? Yeah. See, he don't want no more interference from you. That's the catch. Oh, black market, huh? Well, if I say no, what does the boss say? He says we should give you a little treatment. Oh, and by the way, who is your boss? Hmm. Never mind. Well, how do I know your boss is a reasonable guy? Hey, where are you going? Now, don't be scared, Stooge. You know, I always talk when I'm thinking. After all, you're the one that's got the gun. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. 
Well, boys, I've finished thinking. I guess I have no choice, huh? Well, tell the boss I'll go along with him. Uh, now you're talking sense. Well, I guess that makes us partners, huh, boys? Uh, say, how about a little drink on that? Yeah. Yeah, I'll take a snort. Fine. I, I'm sorry. All I've got is bourbon. That's okay with me. Uh-huh. With, uh, with soda? Yeah, yeah. Well, come on, boys. I'll build you a couple. Say when, Steve. When? Look, uh, I gotta hold this gun on you, Blackie. It ain't that I'm uh, impolite, it's uh, just that I'm careful. <laughs> you flatter me. How much soda? Gee, I never had it with soda before. Really? You haven't? Well, you're going to get it. Well, all right, give it, give it, give it, give it. All right, Shorty, I'll take care of this one. Okay, boss. Okay, I got his gun. Why, you... Right, take it easy, Steve. Now, cut out the nonsense. I've got your gun. Now, be a good boy. You wanted an answer for your boss, huh? Well, you have it. Now, get out of here. And in the future, boys, remember, never drink during business hours. Say, boss, did you know that it was 103 in needles yesterday? That's an enlightening breakfast conversation, Shorty. Thanks. Never mind, I'll get it. Boston Blackie? That's right. Sorry to disturb you so early in the morning. Well, uh, won't you come in? Thank you. Uh, Shorty, another cup of coffee for Miss, uh, uh... Parker. June Parker. Well, Miss Parker, you're a charming eye-opener for so early in the morning. Boston Blackie, I need your help. And I'm glad to know you, too. As a matter of fact, you've already helped me. I have? Mm-hmm. My driver tells me you helped one of my trucks get through the other night. One of your trucks? Yes. Well, uh, I, I don't quite understand. <laughs> this may sound a little strange to you, but I have a ranch and I raise stock. Yes? I've sold a lot of cattle, only I can't deliver it to my customers. Oh, I see. And, and your trucks are being hijacked by that black market gang, huh? Yes. That's why I came to you. Will you help me get them through? <laughs> you know, that's the second offer to go in the meat business that I've had in the last 24 hours. Why don't you go to the police, Miss Parker? I'm sure Inspector Faraday would be glad to give you protection. I've gone to the police, but my trucks still aren't getting through. Oh, you're really in a jam. Uh, those black market thugs are worse than any racketeers we've ever had in this country. I've been offered any amount if I'd sell to the black market. But I won't, not for anything. Of course you won't. Then you'll help me? Now look, Miss Parker, it isn't only helping you, it's helping me. It's helping everybody. The black market is one of the biggest things we've ever been up against. And you're fighting that black market. You know, you're the kind of a girl who's helping win this war. Uh, coffee's ready, boss. Forget the coffee, Shorty. We've got a job to do. The biggest job we've ever done. That's you, Matthews? Yes, Inspector. Yeah, I'll be with you in a minute. Got to finish writing this letter. Hey, Matthews, how do you spell stupidity? Um, F-A-R-A-D-A-Y. F-A-R-A... Hey, oh, it's you, Blackie. <laughs> I should have known. Matthews can't spell. All right, what do you want here? I don't know. What have you got here? One of these days, we're going to have you here, in a cell. <laughs> Faraday, you're nothing but an idealist. <laughs> you know, I've been lonely. Uh... You haven't been bothering me lately. <laughs> What's the matter? Don't you love me anymore? I love you. I love you like poison <laughs> ivy. What do you want, Blackie? 
For Faraday, my life has been threatened. I want police protection. <laughs> You're wonderful. <laughs> you want police protection, Blackie Stout. Now, wait a minute, Faraday. I'm serious. There's a gang after me, and they're not fooling. <laughs> Poor little Blackie. I'd like to see the gang that you couldn't handle. What is this, a gang? No, 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 wait a minute. I'm on the level. <laughs> Blackie, you're breaking my heart. You've never been on the level with me in your life, so why should I start believing you now? Oh. Oh, so you won't give me police protection, huh? Don't make me laugh. Okay, Faraday. That's all I wanted to know. Blackie wants protection. <laughs> Got him, Mike. I better get him into the car. Come on. Let's get out of here. Boston Blackie's going for a long trip. Well, it looks as though Boston Blackie's in a pretty tight spot, but Blackie is also a pretty resourceful individual, so just wait and see what happens. You know, we used to have a nice hand-embroidered motto hung up on our wall that said, True friends are like diamonds, precious and rare. How well that applies in wartime to the washing machine. Yes, ma'am, if you're lucky enough to have a washer, keep in mind that it's your true friend and take care of it. One way is to follow the advice of the makers of 33 leading washers and use Rinso. You see, Soapy Rich Rinso gets out more dirt. And with such a short run, it's easy not only on your clothes, but on your washer. And Rinso results are something to see. All your white clothes gleaming, sparkling. Sure, Rinso white. And colors washable, Rinso bright. So be sure to put Rinso, R-I-N-S-O, right on top of tomorrow's shopping list. And now, back to Chester Morris as Boston Blackie. Well, Boston Blackie, intent on breaking up a black market meat ring, was waylaid by thugs as he was leaving police headquarters where Inspector Faraday had just refused him police protection. Blackie has been thrown into a car. Hey, Steve, he's coming too. Must be this country air. Stop the car. Okay. Let's get this over with. Yeah, I'll take the gag out of his mouth. Yeah. Nobody can hear him out here. Yeah, thanks, Steve. I want to get my necktie back anyway. The best one I got. My girl gave it to me. She's a redhead. <laughs> Says it matches her hair. <laughs> you know, it's too bad she ain't a brunette. Yeah, you just don't like redheads. Hey, never mind putting on your tie now. Leave it there in the seat and let's get this job over with. Come on, Blackie. Can you talk? Well, what is this? The end of the line? No. This is where we transfer. Okay, boys. What's the score? Two to nothing and you're the nothing. <laughs> Blackie, can you stand up? Well, I'm not so sure. You better stand up while you can, Blackie. You're going to be laying down for a long time. You have a charming sense of humor. You had a chance to join up with us, Blackie. You nixed it, and now you're getting rubbed out. Oh, boss's orders, huh? Yeah, and besides, it gives us a chance to get even for that soda trick yesterday. I say, Get over that fence, Blackie. (laughs) (laughs) Say, what is this, an obstacle course? Yeah, and you're the obstacle. Hey, Steve... Hey, what's that over there? Huh? Uh, nothing. It's just a cow. <laughs> that happens to be the cow's husband, gentlemen. Gee, a bull. Hey, if a bull sees red, he goes crazy. <laughs> what's the matter? You scared, Mike? Ma, we gotta finish our job. Okay, Blackie. 
Anything you want to say? Any uh, last request? Well, um, well, I'd like to start running, gentlemen, if you don't mind, and I'm sure you would, too. Well, uh, that ball's coming this way, and fast. Hey, hey, he's after me. Hey, he's after me. Thanks for the gun, Steve. Hey, let's get out of here, will you? Uh, don't worry, Steve. The bull's after Mike. You see, I stuck his own red necktie in his back pocket. <laughs> Uh, it's me, June. Boston Blackie. Oh, Blackie, just a minute. Well, he's come in. I'm glad to see you, Blackie. <laughs> Thanks. I'd like some information, June. These gents we're up against are playing a little rough. Oh, Blackie, what happened? Well, I went to Faraday for protection. He didn't believe I needed it. Next thing I knew, I was tapped on the head and ended up in a cow pasture playing matador. Blackie. Now, look, June, all I want to know is just one thing. You told me that somebody tried to get you to sell your cattle to the black market ring. I want to know who that somebody is. Well, I, I can't tell you. I, I don't know. Oh, if you're being afraid, don't be. I'll see that nothing happens to you. And it's also a little bit important that nothing happens to me, too. Now, look, all I want to know is, who approached you on that black market deal? Well, some men who said they represented a Mr. George Williams. Williams? Well, who's he? I don't know him. He has a wholesale meat plant on Johnson Street. Yes. But, Blackie, I, I, I've never seen him. Shh. Quiet, June. The doorknob, it's turning. Oh. I'll be in back of the door when it opens, but you keep on talking. Okay. Uh, but, Blackie, I... Oh, I don't know whether I can go to dinner with you or not. I, uh... Oh. Okay, drop those guns. Pardon now, drop me. them fast. I'm right here in back of you. Better drop your gun, too, Steve. Well, you two matadors again, huh? <laughs> this is getting a little monotonous. How far did that bull chase you this morning? Uh, I'm a little fed up with you two guys. Uh, June. Yes, Blackie? Take the cord off those drapes. I want to tie up these two bullfighters. Then I've got to go over and see a man by the name of George Williams. Blackie, I, I'm afraid well, you I... You don't have to be afraid, June. Oh, when Blackie ties them up, they stay tied. And when I get through with this, you'd better call the police and have them pick up these mugs. Um... And i got to work fast. Hey, Miss Parker, you ain't going to call no police. What? What do you mean? And besides, you're going to untie us right now. Or else the boss won't like it. You you mean Mr. Williams? No, Miss Parker. You see, uh, Williams ain't his name. His real name is Parker. <gasps> Parker, yeah. George Parker, your brother. Now, will you untie our hands? I don't know what you're talking about, Blackie. I operate a legitimate business here. I sell only at ceiling prices. I came up here to tell you I'm tired of being kicked around by those two mugs of yours. And also that you're going to lay off June Parker. June Parker? Who's she? Well, she's the girl you've been threatening. You know, the one that owns the trucks you've been hijacking. But you won't do it anymore. You see, I'm taking you with me. You're taking me with you? That's right. You're going to be my insurance that from now on, this black market gang of yours is unemployed. What are you going to do with me? 
What's he going to do with you? He ain't going to do anything with Faraday, you. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, I'll bet you are. Inspector, my secretary had the good sense to call you. And I'm glad you got here so fast. Mm-hmm. What's Boston Blackie been up to now? He held me here in my office at the point of a gun, oh. Inspector. <laughs> he was going to force me to go with him unless... Unless uh, what? Unless I stopped selling meat at ceiling prices and went into the black market. Now, wait a minute, Faraday. That's ridiculous. You know that can't be right. I don't know nothing. Oh, you know a thing or two. You're just being modest. I'm a reputable merchant, Inspector. (laughs) I've been in business for years. This blackie person wanted me to make this plant his headquarters for illegal meat sales. Now, Faraday, listen. He claims I pulled a gun on him. I don't even have a gun. It was in his hand when you came in the door, Inspector. With blackie, that don't make any difference. He can make anything disappear. Thanks. Someday I hope he goes to work on himself. This Williams is head of a black market ring. That's not true. Not only that, but he's got a couple of thugs that have an obsession about my collecting old age pens. That's ridiculous. Please take Blackie with you, Inspector. I'll prefer charges. Now, wait a minute, Inspector. (laughs) I know I've tricked you, and we've been playing hide-and-go-seek for years. Go on. But I've never gone back on my word, now have I? That's right. And I'm not going to try any tricks. <laughs> I just want you to come with me to a young lady's apartment. Oh, now, Now, Black- really, I, I want you to meet two friends of Mr. Williams. Mm. And if I can't prove that my story is true, well, I'll, I'll go downtown with you. Now, nothing could be fairer than that. Mm, eh, sounds all right. But then you can make anything sound okay. You want me to see a gal who'll set me right on this whole thing? That's right. Okay, Blackie. I'll give you a chance to square yourself, but remember, this better not be a runaround. This is the apartment, Inspector. Come on in. Who is it? Oh, it's me, June. It's Blackie. I'm here with Inspector Faraday. Who? Inspector Faraday. Wait a minute. I'm coming. Well, hello. Hello, June. Uh, Would you mind telling the inspector about that black market ring that threatened you? What black market ring? Well, you know that the... June. I'm Miss Parker. And who are you? That's all, Blackie. I've heard enough. June. Now, what happened to those two men I left tied up here at your apartment? Inspector, who is this man? Don't you know? He says he's a very dear friend of yours. Why, oh, I've never seen him before in my life. <laughs> and now, will you excuse me, please? Okay, Blackie. We made a deal. This gal who was supposed to explain everything claims she never saw you before. Come on, let's go. No, I can't go with you, Inspector. Uh, I've, I've got to find out what this is all about. Sorry, Blackie. Figure it out while you're waiting trial. Friday, will you listen? This girl is lying, and I can prove it. If you give me time. Give you, I'll give you time, Blackie. You're coming with me. And keep your hands where I can see them. Now, come on over here to the telephone. I'm going to get you an escort downtown. Okay, Inspector, but you're making a great mistake. According to you, I always make them. So what's the difference? Remember, Blackie, I'm keeping my eye and my gun on you. Get me police headquarters. Blackie, stop playing with that telephone cord. You make me nervous. I'm not playing with it, Inspector. Get, get, get that wire off my gun, Blackie. I stabbed you twisting that gun. You're breaking my wrist. I'm sorry, Inspector. Oh, I'll let go of the gun. You're going back yeah, on your word, Blackie. That's You're better. going back on your word now. You never did that before. Well, I'm sorry, but I've got to be free to get the head of that black market ring and put a ring right through his nose. Shorty? Hey, open up, will you, boss? Wait a minute. 
come in, Shorty. Well, I... Oh. Oh, what are you doing here? Uh, she made me bring her down here to your waterfront hideout, boss. Well, that's fine. What do you mean she made you? She came to the apartment and she was crying. Oh. Boss, you know I can't stand to see a poor dame cry. Blackie, you've got to listen to me. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to you once. I know. I lied to Inspector Faraday, but I had to. Well, that's fine. Why don't you tell it to Faraday? I can't tell Inspector Faraday I lied. I can't. You can't do this. You can't do that. You sound like the Summer Sisters. Uh, why did you make Shorty bring you down here? So that I could beg you to please forget all about me and the black market ring. Oh, well, forgetting about you will be a pleasure. I don't blame you for feeling that way. But believe me, it's for the good of everyone for you to forget about all this. Believe you? <laughs> Are you kidding? You almost did once. Yeah, I almost died once, too. And I've no desire to try that again, either. You wanted to help me when I was in trouble, Blackie. I'm still in trouble. But the only way you can help me now is to drop this whole black market case. Mm -hmm. And you're the girl I thought was going to help win the war. Oh, Blackie, please. June, there's no point in your coming here to see me. But, George... I didn't even know you were here in the city. And then to find out what you're doing. How in the world did you ever get started on Just this? Just why should I explain that to you, Joan? I can't understand you. And Dad couldn't either. When you ran away from the ranch five years ago, you broke Dad's heart. And not, not hearing from you after that didn't help any. I don't see why you should complain. Dad left the ranch to you, didn't he? Yes, but what else could he do? But it's worked out all right anyway. You've done a good job, Joan, raising good cattle. That's helped me in my business. But black market, George. You call that a business? I don't go for those names. All I know is I'm making money. And incidentally, Joan, it wasn't in my plans that you should know who I am. And it's your own fault that you do. You got mixed up with this Boston Blackie and I had something to do about it. Well, well, this is convenient, finding the two of you here together. Boston Blackie. Blackie. Well, now who wants to talk first? You, Williams? I got nothing to say to you, Boston Blackie. Oh, I see. How about you, June? I I can't tell you anything. Well, let me tell you then. Williams, you ought to pick smarter stooges. Or I might say you ought to pick a dumb stooge, one who can't talk. You see, uh, Steve talked. With a little persuasion, of course, but he talked. So, Williams, I know that you're really Parker, June's brother. But, Blackie, I... Now, June, didn't... that explains a great deal, too. Of course, you made Faraday very happy by pretending not to know me, but... You didn't make me very happy. Oh, please, Blackie, you've got to listen to me. Look, I didn't know that my brother was going under the name of Williams. And when I found out, I was so stunned, I, I didn't know what to do. Except I knew I couldn't turn him over to the police. Now I know he deserves to be. Well, sister, I got it, huh? Yes, I think so. Blackie, you said it was very convenient having two of us here. Well, I think it's very convenient having the two of you here. And this gun is very convenient, too. But I'm not bothering you. Georgie... Georgie, did anyone ever tell you what happens to little boys who play with fire? Both of you stuck your noses into my business. June always did, and I'm used to that. And anyway, she's my sister, but I don't have to take it from you, Boston Blackie. Well, you have something there, Georgie. Not to mention the gun. Uh, June, would you please leave the room? Uh, if I'm right in supposing what your charming brother intends to do with me, it, uh, well, it won't be very pretty. George, you wouldn't. Now, please, June, do as I say. But Blackie... Please, I... June. Oh, it's all my fault. I got you into this. I, I didn't know that... Oh, my own brother. Blackie! 
I thought... You know, June, for a man raised on a ranch, your brother isn't very quick on the trigger. Personally, I'm very glad because it gave me a chance to show him his mistake. Blackie, what did you do to George? Can I see him? Well, a little later, he's busy right now. You see, he's got a thousand pounds of steaks hanging in his wholesale plant, and he's looking for one little piece of beef to put on his eye. I guess I'll forget about you going back on your word. <laughs> good old inspector. <laughs> I had a pretty good reason, you know. Yeah, I know. Anyway, you broke up this black market ring and I got the credit. Thanks. You know, sometimes I find it kind of hard to hate you. Well, keep trying, inspector. You know, you're much prettier with a worried look on your face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this kind of this thing kind of calls for a celebration, Blackie. Yeah? You and I break up a black market gang and a million people can buy beef at reasonable prices. What do you think we ought to do? Well, let's see, Inspector. Um, How about coming up to the apartment for a home-cooked steak dinner? Shall I bring anything? Yes. Points. (laughs) Boston Blackie will be back in just a moment with an interesting preview of next week's program. Meanwhile, let's see now. uh, There are the dishes, the floors, the woodwork, the tiles, sink, windows... Hey, I could keep this up for hours. Listing the jobs at Rinso will make easier for you. Yes, those same soapy rich suds that are such a help when it comes to washing clothes are great for all the soap and water jobs around the house. So be sure to get Rinso tomorrow, ladies, for dishes, housework, and to keep you singing through wash day like this. Rinso. What? Rinso. What? Happy little wash day song. Rinso. What? Rinso. What? Bird is singing all day long. Your fine feather friend has a message to send, so listen, you can't go wrong. Rinso, right, Rinso, right, happy little wash day song. Yeah, Matthews, yeah, I know the guy's dead. You said that. Now listen, did you find the gun? Sure, we found it. It was hooked up inside the radio. When the guy turned the set on, it fired the gun. I get it. Hey, hey, was the telephone receiver off the hook? Sure, when we broke down the door... Hey, Inspector, how could you know that? Just so happens. That's the way a guy was killed in a play I've been watching. Somebody lifted the idea, and I've got an idea who that somebody was. Yeah? Who, Inspector? The man who's backing this play, a fellow by the name of Boston Blackie. (laughs) Tough luck, ladies. I mean, about choice cuts of lamb going back on rationing. Means you've got to be smarter than ever at figuring ways to fix the meals your families want. Especially since you don't have as many points as you used to. Well, the smartest thing to do is to get extra points by turning in waste fats. You know, your meat dealer will give you cash and two red points for every pound you turn in. So, get going. You'll be doing yourself a favor and your country an important service. For used fats are urgently needed for military medicines, armaments, and a host of things so necessary to win this war. Strain every drop into any tin can, no glass containers, please, and turn them in as soon as you have a pound. Be sure to listen at this same time next week for another exciting adventure with Boston Blackie. You can see Chester Morris as Boston Blackie on the screen at your favorite movie theater. Boston Blackie's latest Columbia picture is One Mysterious Night, soon to be released. 
Richard Lane appears as Inspector Faraday. Music by Charles Cornell. This is Harlow Wilcox saying goodnight for Boston Blackie, brought to you by the makers of Rinso, the soap that gets clothes. <laughs> And don't forget, tomorrow, when you ask your grocer for the new Rinso, buy a cake of Life Boy at the same time. Life Boy's rich, purifying lather goes right after dirt and perspiration, leaves you feeling extra clean. So use Life Boy daily in your bath or shower. Remember, it's the only soap especially made to stop... This is the National Broadcasting Company.